I love a good story when I hear one, and that's why a campfire is a place I like. Around the campfire, I've learned a lot about us humans. People share as you listen. You share as they listen. And oftentimes, everyone lives wiser. Well, since the good path led you here today, I'll be nice enough to share a short story. Africa is where I come from. My ultimate highlight is the people, the wildlife, the weather, and the sound. This is me, Jonathan Benaya. A name my folks so perfectly gave me. A name now synonymous with a creative. I appreciate technology, travel, film, photography, and advocate for the preservation of the natural world. Just the other day, I was asked my thoughts on perhaps one of the most asked questions. A question so subtle. What is life? Honestly, I don't think there is really a conclusive answer, but I liken it to a journey with countless lessons, hardships, heartaches, joys, celebrations, and special moments that will ultimately lead to the destination, a destination called our purpose in life. Purpose, the reason we exist, being the best version of ourselves, remembering that happiness is best enjoyed with others. Simply the golden rule that the Creator left with us. And this is why I insist on keeping this a platform, a place for meaningful conversations, a place to share, a place to learn, a place to impact positively. If there's something I'd like to leave with you today, this is it. Share. Whether around a campfire, or a candle, share, but also remember to pause and listen. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity, and it's a pleasure to, to did I say, emit all of you through this, I don't know, is it a conference call? Because I, I, I've, I've found quite a hard time finding a quiet place to record this, but it's just a few minutes to the hour of 5 p.m. I don't know what time it is that you will be watching this, but it is just f- about five minutes to the hour of 5 p.m. as I record this. So maybe by the time you watch this, I will be sleeping. <laughs> and probably by the time I recorded it, you were sleeping as well. So my name is Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Benaya. I am a Ugandan who loves the earth, words. I love film, photos and music. Uganda is a country in East Africa that is commonly referred to as the Pearl of Africa. And in Uganda, I've, where, where I live currently, I work in the travel and tourism industry. And for the past close to a decade, um, I've worked in various fields, but mostly in travel media. Uh, currently, I am preoccupied with travel writing, wildlife films, and photography. So I still travel quite a lot for work. Uh, A lot of my time is spent in the bush, or call it the African wild, (laughs) out with the wild animals. And of course, a lot of what I do currently is tell visual stories that impact, change, inspire, 
throughout the things I do, I'm able to bring happiness to people, but also provide uh, hope and a future for wildlife and the destinations I visit. So the best part of my job, I think the best part of my job is seeing the world in a better perspective and uh, being able to blow away all these stereotypes about what I thought about this particular place before being there. Because we all have stereotypes about places before we visit. Uh, but when you go there, it's an opportunity for you to actually experience the truth about the destinations. A lot of bad things are said about places. And when you get there, you're like, oh, okay, that's not bad at all. Or you find places that are over-marketed or over-hyped, if I could use that phrase. And when you get there, it's something totally different. So for me, it's an opportunity to, to, to be able to just wave off all those stereotypes and experience those places for the truth that they are. Uh, the other The other thing that I really enjoy is meeting people everywhere I go. Of course, I do love the wildlife, but when out when out in the wild, I do uh, maximize the opportunities of interacting with uh, local tribes, uh, getting to know their ways of life, testing their food. Ah, when you talk about food, <laughs> I do love the food element as well, being able to eat wherever I go. Um, there's there's always new and interesting food to test wherever you go. Uh, I've gotten some bad tummies at some point, but I've also tested some really incredible dishes that I never knew existed. Some of the places I've been to. So above all, uh, it's the stories. It's also the stories around the experiences that also uh, make the the kind of work I do interesting. Uh, you could you, one day one day I might be having an adventure thrill. Uh, the next day I might be in a safari van and an elephant is chasing us. The other day we might be watching a lion hunting. Uh, on another evening, maybe see a leopard stalking its prey, or maybe we're overlooking a ridge and hearing the morning chorus of birds over a virgin forest that's never been cut or tampered with, that's never been encroached on. Um, another time it would be maybe time with one of the oldest tribes on earth. Uh, for me, conservation stories that inspire legislation for the good, uh, the wildlife and the people that live around the wildlife, um, I think is what makes my work really uh, fulfilling. So what's, what's the worst part of my job? Um, well, I'm often fatigued and sometimes sick <laughs> at the end of most of the trips that we, that we take, or we'll call them the escapades. Of course, this is dependent on the conditions in the wild. Some days are sunny, other days you're on a bumpy road, some days are rainy. But as we say here, it's all part of the experience. The other thing that I don't enjoy about our industry is just how sensitive it is to uh, things that happen around um, now, especially now that we have this coronavirus pandemic, it's really badly hit the tourism industry in Uganda, but not just Uganda, I believe, all around the world. So it's just that sensitivity that really affects 
whether people travel it also makes it hard for businesses to survive if there's no if there's no business coming into the country because people can't travel for a particular event or a particular problem that's happening around the world at at a, at a moment uh then also what i i don't like is its unpredictable nature but i also like it uh to some extent the fact that you can be you can visit a particular national park today um and then maybe return tomorrow and you have two totally different experiences you might see a huge herd of wildlife today then tomorrow you come back and you find the animals migrated because it's because they are in their natural natural setting it's not that every time will be the same so sometimes you will be disappointed uh but we like to say that you do not make you do not make appointments with the wild <laughs> uh i guess that's what makes it interesting that everyone that visits will get to experience a totally different they, they will live with with a totally different story each time there's never an exactly the same experience for anyone that visits so th- th- that can be annoying <laughs> if you if 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 you for example were to visit and not see anything at a particular time but it also gives the opportunity for you to uh, be a lot more sensitive about some of the little details like um a stunning sun sunset or maybe the stories around the destination um so i i i'd say i'm i'm a little bit sweet about that particular one <laughs> Ah my favorite animal my favorite animal that's an easy one uh my favorite animal is a leopard <laughs> uh reason is because i feel like every time i'm out uh on safari uh when we when we are out maybe for photography safaris or when we are documenting particular destinations the leopard is one of the hardest animals to find but when you find it we are always it's like everyone usually is very excited <laughs> when you see it and when you see it it's usually just for a few a few minutes sometimes seconds and then off it goes i feel like it's very elusive uh, of course it's hard to see but when you see it i feel like it's the epitome um it's it's like the you know you know how you have a pyramid i feel like it's right on top of that pyramid it's the epitome of all cut royalty or call it feline royalty so the craziest wildlife experience i have a couple <laughs> i do have a couple yes um it's got to be the time i hugged a lion okay i'm kidding about that one <laughs> Um it was one time we were filming it was a northeastern corner of Uganda as a part called a, a particular place called Kidepo Valley National Park and we had just shot some really incredible pictures we were, we were doing a live a live a live stream for our, our country's wildlife authority um so we had just shot uh, one of those live sessions where we were giving people an experience of what was actually what was happening real time in the wild at that time 
So we had just shot some incredible pictures of a lion seated on a rock, uh, quite similar to a scene in that favorite movie, The Lion King. Uh, it looked like it was sitting on pride rock. But it's not that that really intrigued me the most. It was the fact that as we left, when we were done with the filming, as we were leaving, the lion seemed to come down just to say, ah, guys, you're not leaving me here. <laughs> and he literally led us all the way back to our camp. He seemed to show us the way. It, it, it just felt like he was our host or our tour guide in his, in his uh, territory, uh, which was so cool. Uh, it's, it's just one of those experiences that probably don't happen ever again. The other time was when I was shooting uh, just recently a documentary about a lady that works with lions. Uh, when she let me enter the cage, an enclosure where the lions were, um, and get to come very close, very close to uh, such a magnificent beast. Of course, they were still young lions, but uh, when they come and um, I don't, want, I don't know if I could call it cuddle or try to give you a hug. It's not as light as your dog at home would. It was quite heavy, and and they probably don't know how strong they are but that experience was really surreal i'd say it's mixed feelings of both excitement but also such extreme fear that whoa this animal could literally mold you at the next minute another time we were we were tracking mountain gorillas uh, in one of the parks in the southwestern part of uganda um and uh what uh, one 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 of the one of the uh, sub adults thought it was fun to have a chess, <laughs> uh, so he chased he chased some of us around, and we, <laughs> we 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 kept running around, and the guide kept on saying, "No, don't run, don't run." But I think it's just reflex actions that just tell you to to run for your life. The other one time, our car broke down in the middle of the park and we had to spend the night there. Now, in the morning, we were woken by the sound of a huge herd of buffalo who were running uh, towards the direction of our car. It was quite a scene to wake up to. Uh, of course, we had mixed feelings. It was a cool scene that we would have loved to record, but none of us remember to record because we were, I think, shocked. <laughs> Uh, I think shocked is a word to use. Uh, scared and shocked at the same time. So finally, cool things about Uganda. Okay. Um. Now this is this is usually a hard one. Uh. But number one is Uganda is often referred to as the pearl of Africa. Uh. We are a re relatively small country. Uh, that is landlocked. It doesn't have uh, access to any ocean. So it's surrounded by countries all around. But uh, what really shocks people is how much it packs, how, how, how much it can pack in such a small area. It's the diversity of things that you can see in a very small country over a small period is what shocks so many people. And I think this is largely why um, it it was called. It is called the Pearl of Africa, uh, but the name Pearl of Africa actually was given to Uganda by 
uh, one of the late prime ministers of Britain. Uh, he was called Sir Churchill Winston. You might have you might have heard about him maybe from your history class or uh, I don't know if that's history or geography, but uh, Winston Churchill was one of the one of the British premiers so many years ago. And when he came to Uganda, he wrote a book which is called, I think it's called My African Journey. And in that journey, he says, uh, he calls Uganda the Pearl of Africa because of all the beauty that he saw. Number two, Uganda has the source of the longest river. Uh, that's the River Nile. It flows from Jinja, a town in eastern Uganda. Um, and, and it's said to travel for a journey of about three months through countries like South Sudan, Sudan, um, Ethiopia, all the way up to Egypt, uh, where it empties its waters in the Mediterranean Sea. So when you visit Uganda, you are able to take a trip down to Jinja, where we have the actual source of the Nile. And quite stunning is the fact that that particular town called Jinja has now developed into an adventure hub. So people come to not just see the source of the Nile, not, not just cruise, to the source of the Nile, but are able to also participate in 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 in, in water sports like kayaking. Uh, we now have tubing. We have people that just come to swim. We have people that ride horses along the banks of the Nile, quad bikes as well. Uh, but also the fact that it's 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 rated one of the best spots for white water rafting anywhere around the world. Uh, number three, Uganda is located along the equator, so we get quite, um, uh, I don't want to be so braggative, but I say we have very good weather. <laughs> uh, it's normally summer-like all year round with a few months of rain. Uh, temperatures would average around 24 degrees Celsius. I don't know what that is in, in the F scale. And uh, Fahrenheit, which I imagine you, you guys use. But for the majority of the year, uh, we have the sun for equal hours. Uh, and we also have equal hours of night. And uh, of course, some um, good weather as well. Okay, then uh, number four, we speak several languages. Now, surprisingly, our official language as a country is English. Uh, largely because we were... Uh, like many countries in Africa, colonized uh, by the British. Uh, so we also drive on the... Now, this always confuses me. We drive on the... I'll have to look that up. <laughs> I think it's the same I think it's the same side that the US drives on. Yeah. I will I will confirm that. Yeah. But we, we drive on the same side that the British drive on. And English is still our official language. But we do have over 56 tribes, um, and this is what, what, this is what might shock you. 56 tribes in a country as small as the state of Oregon. And each of these tribes has its own language. They have their own dance, their own music, and their own different cooking style. Now that's pretty crazy when you think about it. Uh, for a country about 60% of the state of California, where you, where you are at the moment, it's actually about half the state of California. But you have over 56 languages, over 56 tribes. That's quite shocking. Yeah, Uganda has the second largest lake in the world, locally called Nabogabo, but widely uh, called Lake Victoria, named after 
named after um, Victoria, Queen Victoria of Britain. Number next, Uganda has the biggest population of mountain gorillas in the whole wide world. So mountain gorillas are one of the species, one of the wildlife species that people look for. Uh, they are said to be in the category of uh, animals that are considered prehistoric, that um, were previously feared to be extinct, to, to be approaching the point of extinction. Uh, but due to many efforts to conserve them, their numbers are slowly increasing. So only about uh, slightly over a thousand exist in the world. And they can only be found in three countries. Um, uh, the other two countries are neighbor, neighbors of Uganda. Uh, but Uganda has the biggest percentage of all uh, mountain gorillas in the entire world. No mountain gorilla can be found in a zoo because they cannot survive there. Uh, the, the gorillas you find in the zoo are called the lowland gorillas. The mountain gorillas are found in higher altitude areas, um, but also they are they're usually darker as well, and they have uh, a more thicker coat because they need that to keep them warm up high in the mountains where it's quite chilly. And... Uh, they are, to, they are totally different subspecies from the lowland gorillas that you guys would find in a zoo, for example, in the United States. Mountain gorillas cannot survive in any zoo uh, or any any what we call captive uh, arrangement. Yeah, so you could think of them like dinosaurs of our age. So people pay quite a hefty <laughs> amount to see them. Uh, but when you actually participate in the experience, then you get, you make sense of the fact that they are indeed a priceless species and quite a priceless experience. So I guess it's worth the experience for people to pay that much to visit the mountain gorillas. Uganda has the biggest number of species of birds in Africa. If I could say over 50% of Africa's birds can be found in Uganda. Um, I'm talking about bird species diversity. And we do have about 11% of all bird species that you will find in the world. So think of it, a country as small as the state of Oregon has 11% of all the bird all the types of birds that you can find in the world. <laughs> That's quite intriguing. And this includes dinosaur, the dinosaur bird. I'm kidding. It's called the showbill, but people, people, people joke about it being prehistoric and uh, probably lived with the dinosaurs, but they're not as common today as possibly they were a million years ago. So the shoebill is one of those birds that people come to see here. And it's found um, in several locations in Uganda, mainly wetland locations. Uh, but it's not the only bird that people come to see. Uh, yeah, but we have, think of, I think, over 1,070 different bird species in Uganda. 
and right here where, where i'm recording you can just see birds flying around without even having to go so far away you're able to do some birding so people that come to uganda to bird have an incredible time yeah so number next like burgers and fries in california uganda has a special fast food delicacy as well and ours is called a rolex now that word might sound familiar for guys that own watches uh, but we always joke in Uganda that in Uganda we do not wear the Rolex. We eat the Rolex. So the, the, the Rolex is uh, basically uh, is, uh, w w one of the roadside snacks that you'd find almost anywhere you go to in Uganda. And I'll let you research more about it. <laughs> I'm quite sure you'll be able to find. Just go to Google and type Ugandan Rolex. You will be able to find find out about it. I know CNN probably uh, covered it at one point. The BBC as well. Uh, Forbes as well. So it's quite a popular snack uh, that many people enjoy when they come here but also us, the locals as well. Um, it's one of... It's one, it, just like the burgers, it's an easy run-to food when you need uh, a quick snack or maybe a quick meal to have and people have now people have now made it even more sophisticated than it was so many years ago recipes have changed around uh, but the rolex is still a big brand in uganda okay so number next and this is po possibly the second last uganda has uh, some of the most stunning landscapes uh, on the entire African continent, and and indeed, and and it is indeed a contender for um, some stunning landscapes at global level as well. Uh, there are different. We have a mix of different landscapes. We have uh, flat areas. We have mount the mountains. We have uh, some interesting valleys. Uh, when you go down southwest, uh, close to where we do have the mountain gorillas. Uh, it's been referred to as the Switzerland of Africa because of how stunning the, um, they call them what? The contours. I think they're called contours. Like the farmers have a way they dig around the mountains. And when you see it from the top, from an area of view, it looks like uh, a work of art. Uh, but then when you go up to the northeast and then you meet an open savanna plateau that has a backdrop of like some tall stunning mountains and to some extent it feels like a, a painting and when you add the wildlife in there it's just it's just stunning then when you travel to one of the national parks uh you you meet what is said to be the most powerful uh, waterfall on 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 the nile river um and is said to be the most powerful waterfall in the entire world uh, that's the Makshon, the Makshon waterfall. And there's so many other landforms that you can find. So many mountains, including the tallest mountain range in Africa. We have the third highest peak in the whole of Africa, but the tallest mountain range in the whole of Africa. That's Mount Renzori. It has snow on top. You can imagine having snow in a country where <laughs> which is crossed by the equator, which is meant to be a warm country, a country that is way far from the tropics where, where snow is expected to be. Finally, uh, the people have been voted one of some of the most hospitable and welcoming folks in the entire world. 
I've read several articles. It's not just once, not just twice, where Uganda has been voted uh, one of the most welcoming countries, most hospitable countries. Um, and of course, many people come and tell you, "Oh, you guys are polite. You guys are you guys are friendly. You guys are helpful." Um, and I think it is something to be happy about as well. Ugandans do smile quite a lot. Uh, not to say that we do not get angry, <laughs> uh, but we are happy and welcoming people as well. And I guess, and I guess that's that's something to be happy about. Uh, so it's so good that um, many people are getting to know more about Uganda. We're getting quite a number of people that now are coming to invest in Uganda, not just in the tourism industry, but in several other sectors. Um, and it's, 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 it, it gives me hope as someone who has traveled and been around the world, who's been to the U.S., been to Europe, been to Canada, uh, coming home and seeing um, the hope that my country has, I think gives me joy and uh, it is a pleasure that I get to speak and at every opportunity I am happy to uh, speak about what I do but also speak about uh, the country that I come from. So thank you so much for listening to me and I'd be glad if you looked up some more information about Uganda online. Uh, and also maybe visit uh, maybe sometime, maybe several years in, in, in the future um, and who knows, we might cross paths alright, I've got to go bye bye